there's gonna be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. And I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love some of what you're Even though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference or something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. Hey, I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. Fantasy Football Podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to become a better person, to become a better human. All right. Welcome in, everyone. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Week 7 edition. I'm back, Seth Woolcock, here with my fam, the pull vote fam, that is, holding it down out there in crispy Colorado for tonight's episode. Guys, we got by NATO here. It is here, the by apocalypse, by NATO, whatever you want to call it. How are we holding it down out there? We're holding it down. I like to call it by Mageddon, personally, <laughs> how I've referred to it in my writings recently. Um, I'm great, man. It's cold, though. I know Jen's cold. No, Even though it's like sun's out, guns out upstairs. Yeah, yeah, sitting here with the heat on in a sports bra because the cat's sitting on my lap. So do that or sweat <laughs> all over the place. So we're good. We're good. Well, Other man. than one of one of my leagues, I have no quarterback, so I'm quarterbacking no more this week. Take the take the L. <laughs> Hey, this is the time to make trades, guys. It's time to make those moves on the waiver wire. Tonight, we're going to try to help you out. We're going to cool Jen down a little bit. We, we are going to do some sure things, sleepers of the week, by NATO edition. We're going to get you through this storm that is coming on the horizon. We have six NFL teams on by this week. It's going to be a little bit crazy, but we're going to help you get through it. we got headline hijinks. We're going to break down some of the latest news from week six. And then get you ready for week seven with that short thing, sleeper extensions. Guys, if you want to ask us questions, if you want to interact with the show at all, head over to our YouTube channel. We're still working out the kinks on Twitter right now. So if you want to chat with us, ask us questions, and interact with us via comment, head over there to YouTube. Um, while you're over there, hit that subscribe bell as well. If you want to catch this show at a later time um, on the go, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, tune in Deezer, wherever it is, guys. Stitcher, uh, you can check that out tomorrow night. We drop those, guys. But before we move forward here, uh, I did want to check in just how you guys are doing overall with the fall. Um, I know the fall is one of my favorite times. We're kind of you know really in the heart of spooky season right now out here in, here in PA. So how's it going out there for you guys with with Jackson running around? First question: Do you like pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> Me- <laughs> I don't. Nate doesn't. We no, are they're not, gross. We're not a fall family. We're not a winter family. We are a very warm weather, summery family. I like the first like couple of days of fall, but we went to the park today with Jackson and the wind was whipping. The trees were beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. the reds and the greens and the yellows, oranges, beautiful, but otherwise, no thank you. Yeah, it's a hard pass for me. I like warm. I like humidity. That like dry, cool air just rubs me the wrong way. I don't care really? for it. Oh. Yes. I mean, here's the thing though. To be fair, we've lived with this for almost 40 years of our lives. Right. And like at a certain point, it just gets for, old. 30 like, for me. You can be 40 if you want to. I'm, I'm 40. That's right. Me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Here in the My much younger wife, who is still 29. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, how's it in PA though? Dude, I mean, it's awesome out here, man. It's football season. I'm right in the heart of Happy Valley, so we've had game day every couple weekends. And, I mean, I like the cool, crisp weather. I'm not a big humidity guy personally, so I've been enjoying it. This past weekend, my siblings came down. Um, We did our our fall tradition, our Halloween tradition, carved pumpkins, watch the Halloween Town Disney Channel series. So, I mean, it was a good time, man. We were chilling out, and, you know, happy football. Football is right around the corner, though. Yeah, that's the only good thing about fall is football. 
<laughs> Question: Has Jackson seen Halloween Town yet? Have you guys seen that movie with them yet? No. What is that? So it's like a Disney Channel, like early two thousands, late nineties series. Definitely have to check it out. It's like it's definitely like a a good movie for him to watch at, at his age. But I mean, if, if it's good enough, he might still be watching it when he gets to my age too. Maybe like a little nostalgia or something when he gets to your old age. Yes, <laughs> that's my, my my many and wise years. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, well, Guys, we'll check it out. All right, awesome, awesome. Love to see it. We, we got a lot to get to today, so let's go ahead and get into headline hijinks. Headline hijinks is once again presented by our friends over there at Underdog Fantasy. Guys, we've been playing it all year long, whether it's the three-man drafts, whether it's the pick and parlays, whether it's the best ball, best ball two that's back, whatever's going on there, underdog. We at in between media are playing it. A lot of people in the fantasy football community are playing it. Just a way to you know get more skin in the game. But at the same time, it's it's a place for everyone to play. Um, whether you're new to fantasy football, whether you don't play fantasy football, or whether you're a seasoned veteran, it, it's definitely a, a really fun way to play. If you want to check it out, uh, use our promo code IBT, and when you deposit ten dollars. Uh, underdogs can give you an extra 10 as well so guys let's go ahead and head into headline hijinks (laughs) guys a lot of craziness in the nfl once again here coming coming into week seven and a situation that's all not that funny, really, is the, the running back situation in the NFL. Um, what started in July with a Cam Akers injury has just you know skyrocketed, whether it's J.K. Dobbins, Christian McCaffrey, Dave Montgomery, you name it. Big backs going down every week. This week we saw Antonio Gibson. Uh, he looks like he's re-aggravated that shin injury, that stress fracture he has there. He was pulled out of the game once it was out of reach less than four fantasy points on the day really kind of left fantasy owners uh, shaking their head and Kareem Hunt and the Brown situation. They went bad from bad to worse last week. Nick Chubb obviously held out of that game. Tough to see that from Nick Chubb who's been, you know, an RB one on the season. Kareem Hunt though, we expected him to fill in, fill in very well and didn't really shake out that way guys Uh, about 10 fantasy points before he was carted off the field. Tough to see that he goes down with a calf injury as well. Non Achilles tear, but he is projected to miss four or six weeks. We know Nick Chubb's been rolled out for Thursday night, guys. In addition to this Brown situation, to make it any worse, Christian McCaffrey re-aggravated his hamstring injury. He's on IR. Chris Carson's now on IR. And this is two weeks after they already missed games. So, I mean, it's a shit show. Well, I think one thing this all tells me is that we're not giving these guys enough time to come back. They're being rushed back onto the field. I think that it's also practice time. I, I feel like they're missing out on a lot of practice time, but also to your point, Nate, recovery time. Yep. But CMC is unrecoverable, I think. I mean, this might That's, be our last season with him as an RB1 because he just can't stay in. It's devastating, too. It's it's yep. devastating. We talked about it. I think it was the three of us. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago on the show, just how – I was concerned that maybe we, we see something similar from Christian McCaffrey this season coming back. I just don't trust Matt Roll there managing injuries. I, I don't trust the Bengals and Joe Mixon either. I, I've been spotty on that as well. Uh, Jen, do you have a headline for, for what we're dealing with here in the NFL when it comes to these RBs right now? Yeah, going going back to Cleveland, we're going to say bad news bears for NFL running backs in week seven and clearly all season, but like you said, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, CMC, Antonio Gibson, Chris Carson in Seattle, David Montgomery, CEH, Damian Williams. Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, all of the injuries, plus we're heading into this brutal, brutal week seven bye week. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, having entire tandems go down. Yes. And Damian Williams is still on the COVID list. Yeah. So it's looking like it's another week at Khalil Herbert in Chicago. Um, and like Dearness Johnson season, like are people actually going to get their money's worth? This is the second year in a row we've all run for him on the waiver wire and blown fab. It's insane. This is just insanity. I've never like I played fantasy for a really long time. I've never seen anything like this in a football season. 
I know last year was absolutely crazy as well, just with the COVID situation and a lot of last minute COVID situations and running back seemed to get hurt left and right last year too, but definitely not like as many of the top guys I felt like went down as soon. My, my, my best advice and it's just going to be stay nimble out there, you know, stay vigilant. Like as soon as I, I got that Nick Chubb news, I was going after either Demetric Felon or Dearness Johnson. I know a lot of other people were as well. Like that's what it is. It's staying nimble out there. And when we talk about, I, I know a lot of times we downplay how much fab we want to use, but I've kind of been the last couple of weeks, Nate, you, you know, I've been the advocator of like, I was, I was down to pay up a lot for Chuba just because yep. of this situation. And, and you were someone who advocated to also pick up Khalil Herbert when, when the Damian Williams situation, you know, before that popped up. So to be fair, I was talking about Khalil Herbert before the Damian Williams situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, I mean, right now, like, like you need to pick up third string running backs at this point, like Jared Patterson out there for the Washington football team, yep. Antonio Gibson's backup. He should probably be rostered right now. We're going to talk about some Seattle running backs here a little later, but guys like Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas, like Travis Homer, like we could be talking about four or five Seahawks running backs right now, but, but that's just the situation like it is. I, do you guys have any more actionable advice of, of what we can do You know, when we're trying to plan around these running back injuries? So one thing I will say is that, remember, sometimes the situation with injuries will dictate a change in scheme for teams. So like something I'm really kind of pounding right now with the situation in Cleveland is that with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt out, don't think that they're just going to insert Dears Johnson and Demetric Felton into those situations and run the exact same offense. Right. They're going to do something different. So the run game, like going go, fine, go out and grab these guys on waivers because there isn't a whole lot else out there better to have them than not. Yeah. But also understand that some of these teams are going to become more pass heavy without these running backs. Mm -hmm. There are certain situations like the Chicago bears. Like we saw mm -hmm. this last week, uh, Cleo Herbert, almost going over a hundred yards. Um, that, that they want to run the ball and they're going to stick right. to that game plan no matter what. But for a lot of these teams, you're definitely right, Nate. Like they're going to have to do something different on Thursday night for the Cleveland Browns. And it's going to be tough because we, we don't know the status of OBJ. We don't know the status of right. Jarvis Landry. We know Baker Mayfield banged up with his shoulder going in and out of place too. So stay vigilant guys, stay vigilant. We're going to help you as much as we can on the show today. Um, moving forward here, guys, uh, Darren Waller, it, it's been a, kind of a disappointing season for him so far. A lot of people talked him up as maybe even, you know, the tight end one coming into the season. Uh, this week, he has an okay week uh, in the first game without John Gruden, five receptions, 59 yards. Um, but he, but at the end of the day, Darren Waller has only finished as a, a top five tight end on the week one time. And that was all the way back in week one, five weeks ago at this point, guys. Nate, are, are you concerned with Darren Waller? And I, I know the tight end landscape, you know, it's been brutal. It just got more brutal this last week with Dawson Knox injury. Where are you on Darren Waller and what's your headline here for him? So my headline is the Waller is crumbling. And yes, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for two reasons. One, I'm concerned with his draft capital in fantasy and where we were yeah. taking him. And there's a good chance that if Darren Waller isn't producing, you're pretty screwed at the tight end position right now. If he, cause I know I am places where I was heavy on Waller, which was everywhere. Um, I'm hurting at tight end. I was fortunate enough to grab Dawson Knox later in drafts. Same with Dalton Schultz in some places, yeah. yep. but I was relying on those guys as a flex play, not my tight end one. So now my flex is weak with, this and i'm concerned because first of all it was a mess with john gruden anyway we weren't 100 sure what that offense was about it was changing every week uh, guys like hunter renfro and henry ruggs all of a sudden were becoming relevant darren waller was becoming less so Derek carr has been great and then terrible and now john gruden's gone and you have your special teams coordinator as the head coach and yeah they shellacked denver but let's be honest denver's defense hasn't been near what we expected mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm concerned about Darren Waller. I don't know that the production is going to be a rest of season. I mean, you can't drop him, but maybe you can trade him. Jen, I, I know Darren Waller was someone you loved coming into the season. Right now, if, if you are a fantasy manager of him, are you shopping him around? Just, I mean, the name value is still there. Like, there's people that are going to buy him regardless. 
So are you looking to move him while the value's there? Are you waiting for a bigger game? For me, it depends. It depends on what my roster is looking like. It depends on who else I've got. I'm not that worried about Waller yet. I mean, he's still got Derek Carr. They had a great game against Denver on Sunday, right? That was Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I guess it might be the optimist in me who has him rostered everywhere that is saying, yeah, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We don't need to shop him yet unless I'm in great need of, I don't know, let's say a quarterback in week seven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think personally, it's like it's just a lower target share that we've seen so far this season. Um, last year, he was you know closer to twenty five. He's been he's been up there in recent years. Um, definitely still okay, but but not where we thought he was going to be in terms of target share. It, it seems like the Raiders have enough decent skill players now; they can kind of make the game plan around whoever they want. And th- for whatever reason, that game plan isn't involving Darren Walling, Waller getting as many targets. Um, you know, when you have guys like Kenyon Drake as a backup and Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards, who are solid NFL wide receivers, Nate, Nate, are, are, are you in disagreeable at all? Are you trying to shop Waller in the leagues you have him? I'm not trying to shop him yet. I want to, I want a couple more weeks of down production. Um, I think I'm hoping he will go off. It would make, it doesn't make sense to not use him. He's your most talented receiver. Yeah. He's got the best hands. He's your most sure target. Um, uh, Vegas's schedule gets a little bit more difficult. I mean, they still have some tough games coming up, and I think that we're going to see situations where he's getting used more. It's just that maybe now Waller is more of a situational play rather than a smash play every week, and that's kind of a weird thing to settle into with the mm-hmm. guy who we were thinking had po- the possibility to finish the season as tight end one overall, but that's what he is now. He'll have big weeks. He'll have down weeks. Yeah, but you can't wait too long to to shop him. You can't. You can't. Wait. That's true. Let him That's have true. a few down weeks because I probably won't. I probably won't shop him. I'm probably going to ride him out. Like I don't know who I'm going to get for Darren Waller. That's going to help me at tight end. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. You can maybe get a guy like 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 Dalton Schultz or someone like that and, and pair that mm. with a decent running back. I don't know. I'm just maybe maybe throwing it out there. Um, now's the time, guys. Moving forward here, I did want to talk about a pair of rookie wide receivers that are kind of taking over the NFL right now, guys. Um, none other than Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. Breakout performances from them all around this season. Um, Jalen Waddle over there in London goes for 10-72 and two touchdowns. Um, really great performance. Second, uh, second big, big week for him on the season where he's had 10-plus receptions. Nate, between this and Jamar Chase, he goes out for four for 97. Could have had, had an even bigger week. Um, laid down just an awesome block out there on, on mm-hmm. one of those Joe Mixon runs too. So that was fun to see. Right now, I, I'm seeing a separation between Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle and the rest of the pack for rookie wide receivers right now in, in terms of redraft fantasy football. Um, we've seen the up and down downness with, uh, with Smith. We've seen the up and downness with Kadarius Tony. He just can't stay healthy. It seems like right. goes out after three receptions on the first drive. Um, so my headline for the rookie wide receivers, uh, Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle breaking out is the South, famous for three things: sweet tea, spice sips, and SEC wide receivers. Baby, let's go! Um, <laughs> I love it. You guys, you guys know obviously sweet tea, huge in the south, and, and you're also a fan of whiskey, which you know they call them spice sips down there. Um, you guys got any whiskey for us tonight? I'm we're at we we had a little bit of Buffalo Trace before we started the show, but I'm actually not drinking any tonight. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't uh, pour ourselves any whiskey. We did have a little bit before the show, but uh, Buffalo lo- Trace single barrel uh, select. Yeah. yeah, it was an employee. Uh, the liquor store that we go to um, got to pick a barrel and get specific bottles for their store. Mm. So interesting. All right, good stuff. It Same is, price. Far too All delicious. Right. All right, far too delicious. Guys, you know, I feel like whiskey's pretty smooth, and so is Jamar Chase and J- Jalen Waddle this season, guys. I- I'll be honest; like, I definitely have Chase in a couple places. I don't have enough Waddle. I have no Waddle. Um, this is a guy in the valuation process I was off on. I just don't think I saw enough tape on him. 
I, I saw more of like a Henry Ruggs and not a possession receiver, kind of a big play guy. And he's, he's kind of really turned it around guys with this target share down there in Miami. I mean, he has 49 receptions right now or 49 targets, excuse me. That's top 20 in the NFL. Are you guys riding these guys out the rest of the year? Because Jamar Chase right now, he's a top five wide receiver for fantasy. Jalen Waddle is a top 30 wide receiver. Are you guys projecting them as the wide receiver one and the wide receiver three that they are right now? Yeah. I mean, I, there was never any doubt with Jamar Chase. Uh, people worried about his drops. It's like, dude, the guy sat out 2020, didn't play football. And he's trying to acclimate to the speed of a new league, like at a different level. Jamar Chase is fantastic. I'm surprised by Jalen Waddle's emergence this early. I thought it was going to be more of like a, he'd be okay. We'd see him get some reps in Miami. And then next season, the Waddle mm. breakout. But I mean, obviously it's there and the quarterback situation there isn't great. And he's still thriving. So yeah, I mean, both of them, I think you have to ride him the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. I wish I had listened to our son, Jordan. We were talking about Waddle at the expo because he had been to um, a training camp day and he was just so impressed with what Waddle was doing. And I have zero shares of Waddle, which saddens me. And I have one share of Chase. So I'm riding them. I'm keeping them right where they are. And I think they look good. Yeah, right now, Jamar Chase, he's broke Justin Jefferson's record for most receiving yards by a rookie in their first six career games, held by Randy Moss, obviously, before 2020. So it looks like these LSU wide receivers really are what we thought they were going to be, guys. Moving forward, I'm with Jen and Nate here. I'm, I'm riding out the LSU wide receiver, Jamar Chase. Upcoming schedule for him, Ravens, Jets, Browns. No secondaries that scare me. All three banged up. Although the Jets secondary is playing a little bit better than, than we thought. They have they have a couple good. Bryce Young's a pretty good corner that, that we didn't think was going to be that good. Jalen Waddle, next couple games from him, looks pretty nice as well. Ravens, Bills, and Texans. So excited to see what these young wide receivers can do, guys. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and move forward. We have, guys, short thing sleepers of the week. I mean, this is a staple on this show by now. If you tune in at any of the weeks, you know this is one of our favorite segments. What we try to do on this segment is bring you players who you can either get off the waiver wire or they've been on your bench a lot of the season, but you can have some confidence heading into the week. Um, We've had a lot of hits, had some misses this season too, but tonight what we're going to do is we're going to bring out a by NATO edition of Shore Things Sleepers of the Week, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're just going to bring out three, three picks that we think you can plug into your lineups this week and help get you over this week seven by NATO hump. Um, once again, as always, uh, Short Things Sleepers of the Week is presented by our friends Stevens Quality Barbering Services up there in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. Look, guys, if you need a quality haircut at a quality price and you know quality conversation, just an overall quality experience along the way, head over to Noah up there in Kerwinsville, PA. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna get you done. Whether you're in Center County, Clearfield County, Jefferson County, McKean County, any of these central western pa counties he's got you covered over there guys hit him up for just a quality overall time we appreciate noah's service to us and guys let's go ahead and head into sure things sleepers of the week by nato edition it's the short thing sleepers of the week Oh, I like that. Yeah. That was nice. Let's go, man. I, I mean, love it. Shout out third and short. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to our guy third and short. Always out there hooking us up with whatever we need for the show. Shout out for our audio editor, Kyle, in the back end as well, holding it down, doing a little stats and research for us on the side as well. Guys, I want to go ahead and get into the short thing, sleepers of the week. Um, Jen, I want to start with you. I, I was really intrigued by a couple of your short thing, sleepers of the week. Let's go one by one. We'll start with Jen. You give us one. Then Nate, you can hit us one. We'll kind of just, you know, go serpentine here. Let's go. Okay. So my first one is Jacoby Myers. I understand he isn't really a sleeper because he's he's rostered in 78% of sleeper leagues, but he's started in less than 58%. I think he's like 48% rostered. Um, but he's, he's not being started. And he's due for a touchdown, right? He did catch the ball in the end zone last week. 
for the two-point conversion, but not a single touchdown yet, which is really, really frustrating for anybody who has them on the roster. His performance last week was promising with five receptions and 44 yards, and I think he's due, you guys, um, especially in week seven against the Jets. We were just talking about the Jets, and um, unfortunately, his other end zone love was called back because of a penalty last week. So I'm looking for him to not just be on your roster because he's on many rosters, but I want him to be a starter this week, guys. Yeah, I I think Jacoby Myers is due in that offense. Yeah. Especially against the Jets. Mm-hmm. And I know that their secondary is better than expected, but it's still the Jets. Right. He, he's definitely the best pass catching option on the New England Patriots side of the ball. He had the, he had his first career touchdown this last weekend. Was dancing in the end zone, and then it got oh, called back. Oh man, <laughs> so sad. I he'll get the he, he'll get there though. Um, obviously like this week, this week, it's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, I mean the, the the Jets like their number one corner, Bryce Hall. He's been really good this season. He, he's played very valiantly. Definitely taking the second year leap. However, with that being said, he he'll probably see a lot of the outside work with Nelson Aguilar, like Jacoby Myers is getting that slot role. And with Mac Jones, who has one of the highest QB, you know, com- completion percentage, QBR, whatever you want to say, Nate down there smiling your ass off. <laughs> Damn straight I am. I told y'all. Everybody yeah. laughed at me. I mean, it's like that Adam Sandler album. They all laughed all at me. Laugh at they're all going to laugh at me. <laughs> yeah. Jen, I-, I love firing up Jacoby Myers this week. He should definitely be in lineups. Um, Nate, what do you got for us, bro? So we're going to continue with the uh, New England theme here because I want to talk about Ramondre Stevenson. I think that we we were doing an in-between show where we were highlighting some rookies this offseason. And I talked about Ramondre Stevenson because he's a power runner that just he he bowls over people. But he can also catch the ball. He's also quick. He's a like he, he reminds me of Corey Dillon, which is a little bit of a throwback. But when mm-hmm. Corey Dillon was in New England, I think Ramondre Stevenson is that same same type of back. And Corey Dillon had some of his best seasons as a pro in New England. He became a pass catcher in New England. We've seen him getting more involved the last two weeks after he was benched for three weeks because of the fumble in week one. His snap share is really low. I mean, we're in the 30 percentile here, but he snagged a touchdown. Last week, he made that big catch on third down in the flat, deep against a safety. The talent's there. Belichick's now working him back into that offense, and now we're going to see him against the Jets. Damian Harris is still hurt. He's still a little bit hampered. We've seen his usage go down a little bit. Ramondre Stevenson is the next man up, and if Damian Harris is going to start losing touches and losing looks in the passing game, the guy who's going to be there is Ramondre Stevenson running back. As we talked about earlier is incredibly bare. He's going to be your best option outside of the studs, the RB ones, RB twos that we've all been talking about that you can get in there that you can probably still acquire. Honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, he's uh, 24, 24% in sleeper. Yeah, he's rostered. Right. So he's a guy you can go out and get, and you're going to get. So I think rest of the season, you're going to see him more involved. You know, I've I've been very kind of weary on this on this whole New England backfield all season long, but the Jets, like I said, their secondary has been a little bit better, especially on the outside receivers. So I think it's going to open up some lanes towards the middle of the field for mm-hmm. guys like Stevenson and Harris. Harris, like you said, banged up. Nate, I. I think it makes sense here with Ramondre Stevenson. Like I, I don't, I, I'm haven't ever, ever been a huge fan of him, but like if there's one week you can fire him up this week, I, like I think it's this week here. We got by NATO on the horizon. Like yes. Brandon, Brandon Bolden's the only other guy in that backfield. And like, I'm sorry, but like Brandon Bolden, he's a great special teams player, NFL professional, total classy guy, but he's not, you know, he shouldn't be getting, the, the snap share he was. And I think they're going to start lowering that and, you know, making it more of a, of, of a split between him and Bolden uh, Stevenson that is. And eventually maybe we, we see Stevenson overtake him altogether. Well, I think that, I think Stevenson was put in timeout by Belichick for that fumble week one on his yeah. first NFL carry. Yeah. He, he's out of timeout and they're starting to work him into the offense. Like they were planning on. They need him. They need they him bad. They, they need do. him really bad. 
And, you know, the crazy thing about this is it goes right into my first first sure thing, sleeper of the week, heading into week seven here, guys, is, you know, we're talking about guys right now that have low snap percentages. Like, it, it's just what it is. Like, like right now, the, the position is so bare. Like, a year or two ago, I don't think I would be talking about a guy who has, you know, 30 to 45% of the snaps. But right now, that's valuable in fantasy football. Um, I'm going to go with Kenyon Drake for my first one, guys. Despite having having less than two points combined over the last two weeks before week six, he's still RB thirty seven on the season. You know, really, I, I I think this is kind of we're gonna see what happens with him. But he lost a lot of carries. He was down to one or zero carries there in weeks four and five, and then you know only got four carries again this last week. Had two touchdowns, so obviously he blew up a little bit. I'm not expecting two touchdowns, not even one touchdown this week. However. I think he's a Mike Mayock guy. I really do. Like, I don't think John Gruden maybe wanted him because John Gruden didn't seem like he really wanted to use him. I I think they saw the explosiveness that Drake has, especially compared to someone like Josh Jacobs, who's more of a bruiser. Average eight yards per carry last week. And the Eagles is a sexy matchup, man. That's a sexy matchup for RB. I don't think people are really realizing. Um, They're bottom seven against the position as a whole. And they're allowing six and a half receptions, two running backs, per game. And, and that's, that's bottom six as well. So this is a team you can attack with receiving running backs. There's a time to play Kenyon Drake. I, I think it's this week and you know, this probably, you, know, you probably missed your turn to buy low on him, but if he dips again, I, I'd be willing to grab him for like an insurance RB four. I can't disagree with that. I think we've talked a lot about, so we've talked extensively about the fact that you can't trust that Las Vegas backfield, right? But that was with John Gruden. This is a different. This is a different team now. John Gruden is gone. His assistants are left. But I feel like they have a different idea of how they want to run the team as well. So I think we're going to see Kenyon Drake actually start getting more involved because, like you said, he's a Mike Mayock guy, and Mayock's going to Mayock now has more control over how this offense is run on a like game day basis than he did when Gruden was there, because you've got a special teams coordinator running the team. And like, like I said, Kenyon Drake, Mike Mayock guy. I love that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I only have one share of Kenyon Drake and several of Josh, but um, I'm excited to, to see what he's doing in this new situation that they're in in Las Vegas. But let's just be honest too. Like I think John Gruden's probably the worst evaluator of talent I've ever seen in the NFL. I mean, just makes crazy draft picks every single year. This this year we saw it with Alex Leatherhead in, in the first round who was projected to go in the second round. But for some reason, John Gruden apparently knew something that we all didn't know. And you know, we, we've seen that again. They took the guy from Clemson a couple of years ago, Khalil Farrell, I think, in the yeah. in the what t- top five picks. And I, I don't even know if he's on the team anymore. So it's like it's things like that. And I, I think now that that they actually have a clear evaluation of talent, like we're not going to see Peyton Barber get 20 fucking touches. Like that was just ridiculous. Oh no, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I, John Green <laughs> fired, fired up me up, man. Fired up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't like Peyton Barber. When I see him, when I see him get 20 plus touches, I'm just like questioning <laughs> that co- coaching staff for sure. Um, right. Jen, call me down here with another one of your short thing sleepers of the week, man. Okay, so my next one is A.J. Dillon, uh, running back with the Green Bay Packers. He's had a slow start this year. Through the first three weeks, he maxed out around five points, I think, in fantasy. Then in week four against the Steelers, he started to see some more action with 81 yards rushing, 16 yards receiving, no touchdowns, but it showed us that he can run the ball as well as catch the ball. In week five against the Bengals, he finally got the touchdown, which was very exciting for me, (laughs) for for anybody else who has him or is a Green Bay fan. Um, He had 49 receiving yards and 30 rushing yards, and it kind of seems like Aaron Rodgers was finally leaning on him a little bit heavier. Week six showed us that Rodgers still prefers Aaron Jones, but Dylan could be a sneaky play. He's rostered in 66% of sleeper leagues, but he's only starting in 15% of those. And that 15% is probably out of desperation, bye weeks, injuries. But I think he has a lot of potential. And again, could be a sneaky play, especially because Jones had such a big week this week. NFL teams like to switch things up and try to fool their opponents. And Matt Matt LaFleur could 
be sneaky this week and, and toss the ball that way a little bit more. Hand it off. This is a great play, Jen. Washington, we saw them a couple weeks ago get burned for three touchdowns by Cordero Patterson. They've been a consistent attack by receiving running backs. And who knew A.J. Dillon could catch this much? I didn't. Right? I didn't. Nope. I think I, I think overall, like, like A.J. Dillon is one of the most valuable handcuffs, but I think he's a handcuff who has, you know, his, his own floor with him. He's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, on the same level, I would say, as like a Tony Pollard maybe. Sure. That's that's a fair comparison. I, yeah, I'd put him there. Yeah, I mean, if you need AJ Dillon this week, I think he's a he's definitely like. Would you guys probably like rank him somewhere like in like a mid to low end RB three, probably yeah. maybe even a little higher this week. Probably three is where I'm I'm landing on him. I mean, like mid to, mid to high three. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys like him moving forward at all? As like someone like someone you want on your team. I need to see him the next couple of weeks to see if this involvement continues, but I think it will. I mean, yeah, I, I have him. I have a decent amount of him. Those thighs just hypnotized me and I drafted him. Um, I'm a, and I'm okay with that. Like he fits a role. I'm happy hypnotized to have him. Hypnotized by those thighs. Ooh, All right. catchphrase. <laughs> name game, name game real quick. Would you rather have AJ Dillon or Devin Singletary rest of the season? AJ Dillon. Singletary. Okay. What about McNichols down there in Tennessee or AJ Dillon? McNichols has been pretty relevant a couple weeks in a row. Uh, AJ Dillon. Dillon. It's it's still Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. and I can't trust that relevance for McNichols to continue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, last one, Michael Carter, AJ Dillon. Ah. <sighs> Probably still Dylan for me on that one. I'm probably going to say Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Just curious. Yep, Just curious. Probably a little. You probably want Dylan a little bit more if you had uh, if you had Aaron Jones. I assume. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Nate. Nate, who's uh, who's your second sure thing sleeper of the week? A little bit. So, Khalif Raymond, and I know we haven't talked a ton about Khalif Raymond, but I mean, the last, so last week he had seven targets, six catches, only 37 yards. Okay. That's not great. But Quintus Sevis is out. So at this point, it's a Monra and Khalif as the wide receivers one, two. He did have an almost 90% snap percentage last week. They're going up against a defense that surprisingly is not really great against the pass. I mean, the Rams have a good pass rush, but they're not, they've got Aaron Donald at this point. They're not getting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. And I hate the whole revenge game narrative, but Jared Goff's got to feel a little burned. Like you trade me straight up for Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and Matthew Stafford is probably doesn't feel burned. He's probably just like, Thank Jesus I'm not in Detroit anymore. <laughs> right. This is so much better. I love winning. So what is this? What is this winning thing I keep yeah. experiencing? Like what? <laughs> so I think I Goff has something to prove. They're gonna throw the ball more than they're gonna run the ball because they're gonna have to if they have want any chance of winning this game. Which means that TJ Hawkinson, your boy, should have a good week. But with that, Amon Ra. And Khalif Raymond should also have a good week, as should DeAndre Swift. And I like, given the situation we're in with this bye week and the teams that are on bye this week, and it's just like the NFL is like screwing with fantasy football players. So like, ha 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 ha. We're not going to Josh Jacobs it on Instagram style, but we're going to put all of your best players on bye in the same week. So Khalif Raymond is a fantastic option. He's a fantastic option. Because he's going to get volume. And he is rostered in 4% of leagues on Sleeper. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, when I first saw this this pick, you know, pre-show, Nate, I was – Khalif Raymond's a guy who kind of like – I liked him. I, I, liked what I, I liked what I saw last year um, when, when he played with the Titans. I've liked mm-hmm. what I've seen throughout his career. The, you know, he's a small guy, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, something like that. He, he's tiny. But – you know, I, I liked what I saw coming into week five. Week five, he really let me down. I used him as one of my Sunday brunch selections. 
as someone I thought you could plug and play, got about one point. So it kind of scared me off of him. But, you know, everything you said really does resonate with me. Um, the Rams, we, we know they've, you know, while they have Jalen Ramsey and some really good good safeties as well, they, they've definitely been banged up a little bit back there. They've been taken advantage of in the secondary. And, you know, there's TJ Hawkinson and there's these two guys. You kind of nailed it. Like, like they have a little bit of help from Swift and Williams in the passing game. Um, I, I don't think Tyrell Williams is going to suit up for this one. And, and if he is, he hasn't been a factor yet this season. So I wouldn't expect him. This is a game I think I want a part of. And I, I'm really intrigued to see what our DFS experts say, but Bo and Connor, what, what they think on this too. Because I think this game is, you know, I'm a sucker for revenge narratives. I'll be honest. Like, like, like Jared Goff got called out by Dan Campbell here. You know, I know Lions fans are going to be like, go watch the whole interview. I, I watched quite a bit of that interview. He still got called out. So I think he has something to prove. Well, yeah. I mean, Goff had one phenomenal season, and then he's been a laughing stock the last three seasons. <clears throat> he's been decent in Detroit. Not great. But, yeah, I understand him being kind of a little pissed off and like, you know what? I want to stick it to you this week. And that's a lot of extra motivation. It's like any rivalry, like in college football, Oklahoma state and Oklahoma, the red river shootout. Those teams are, it's a different game. And this game is going to be different for Jared Goff. I think, I think opposite. I think Goff is going to fall straight on his face. I think the pressure is going to get to him and he is going to suffer greatly. And the lions are going to lose badly. Wow. Okay. Well, We'll see. We'll see. I, you know, there's still the fact that Jared Goff has never won an NFL game without Sean McVay as his head coach. Never won with Jeff Fisher the season before McVay. Hasn't won with Dan Campbell yet. I'm excited to see what happens. I, but I, 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 I will like to. I, I'm definitely going to check in with Bo and Connor after this and see what they think from a DFS angle because I think there is some value to be had with guys like Khalif Raymond, uh, uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown as well. So I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. moving forward here guys um I, I i will throw out my short thing sleeper of the week and this is a guy who's definitely a surface level sleeper um we already talked about him a little bit so i won't need to go t- too much in- into him but you know it- it's Jalen waddle guys he's going up against atlanta this week falcons they're going to be scoring on the other side of the ball they've scored 25 plus points in three of their five games so th- they're, they're still, still going to score their bottom 12 uh, defense against fantasy wide receivers. So there's definitely some opportunity for Waddle here. We don't know the status of Devonte Parker. I wouldn't be surprised if he sat out this one again too. We haven't seen him in a couple weeks. Will Fuller still out on IR? I don't know, guys. I I, I think Jalen Waddle. I mean, he's getting eight targets per game right now. Like that's big boy targets. Like this is like elite level shit. And like it's almost like the same. Same thing with Jacoby Myers. Like he's just not in lineups enough. Like he's definitely owned and he's managed and he's out there. But like I, I'm looking around lineups in a couple of my leagues right now. My opponents don't have Jalen Waddle in their lineup. Like again, it's it's early. It's only week, you know Tuesday in the week. But I think Jalen Waddle, you have to fire him up, and he's you know a pretty solid wide receiver too for me this week. Yeah, man. Well, if he was available, I'd be I'd be snagging him. I mean, I'm only in 13 leagues, but. He's not available where where I'm playing, which is disappointing going into this by week seven. Yeah, and I think that um, with Waddle, Atlanta gives up. So, okay, Devontae Parker's out. Will Fuller's out. So it's essentially Waddle, Gasecki, and Gaskin are to his targets. And they don't know how to use Gaskin. No, they don't know how to use Gaskin. Some some days, apparently. But Will looked so good last week. He did. he did. He did. He yeah. really did. And so you spoke on Atlanta being terrible against the wide receiver position. They're giving up an average of 32.4 points so far this season to the wide receiver position. And there's no other wide receivers in that system that are worth anything outside of Waddle right now. I mean, who else are you? Jakeem Grant. He's gone. He's gone. It's Albert oh, he Wilson. is gone. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's it's right. Albert Wilson. It's, it's Albert, Albert Wilson. Who? Who? Uh, we said that a lot on Sunday. Who? <laughs> yeah. Who? It, Who is this? Weird landscape. Yeah. Um, Just a bunch so, of I mean, th- That said, yeah. there you go. Atlanta's going to give up 32.4 points to Jalen Waddle this week. Oh, yeah. 
No, I'm not saying that, but he's definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely a solid play. Throw him in your lineups, guys. And if you're not going to throw him in your lineups, like if you have better wide receivers for whatever reason this week, like I don't know, trade him to me or something because I want right? him in my <laughs> Same. <laughs> me too. Me too. Jen, uh, you don't have Jalen Waddle in your lineups, but you could have maybe Donovan People Jones. He's out there in a bunch of leagues. Uh, why don't you talk about him as your final short thing sleeper of the week heading into by NATO? Yeah, lastly, what in the People Jones? People's Jones. Um, my sneakiest short thing sleeper of the week definitely goes to him. Like you said, Seth, he's only rostered in 7% of sleeper leagues and only starting in 2% of those leagues. He had a very rusty start to the season, but he certainly showed up in weeks five and six. Um, last week against Arizona, he caught the ball four times for 101 yards and two touchdowns. Sorry, I just hit my mic because I'm very passionate about this. Um, <laughs> like, where did he come from? Where did this come from? And while I'm not going to be rooting for him against the Broncos on Thursday night, I do think that people's Jones could see some love, especially with OBJ. So is questionable. I don't think he practiced today. Um, he didn't. Nick Chubb ruled out Cleveland is going to have to rely on the pass game against Denver. Like there's nothing else to this. I mean, Nate touched on it earlier tonight. I think about how Denver's defense hasn't been as great as we thought they would be, but still they're going to, I mean, Von Miller's fired up. He's ready. He is ready for this game. So um, he's mad. He's he's real mad. mad. Yeah. He's mad. So everybody else is, (laughs) I, I, the only hurdle I see with this is that we've got the Baker Mayfield lingering injury, which we talked about yeah. at the top of the show. But otherwise, I really am feeling good about about people's Jones. Me too. I wrote about him today. Yeah, you did. Jen, okay. Jen wrote this before she knew that I wrote about him, though. So I did. You, you know, like coming into the season, it was tough to see like who would be the wide receiver three in this offense. Um, you, you know, there, there are a lot of talks out there. Rashad Higgins came back after not getting a, a decent size offer. He's on a one-year deal, still kind of in a prove-it situation, but he hasn't done anything. And I feel like at the end of the day, too, like if Jarvis Landry comes back, like I still don't think this changes a lot on People's Jones. Like if the OBJ is there, I think I'm a little bit lower on People's Jones this week, but Jarvis isn't really going to change my opinion sure. in his first week back. They're not going to you know, rush him into a high percentage of snaps, I don't think. And, like, there really isn't a reliable pass-catching option with the tight ends either. Like, you guys know my love for Austin Hooper this offseason. Sure. I was all over right. that guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, had him in, I had him in so many leagues and just fell flat on his face. Najoku seems like if you want a tight end, he's the guy all of a sudden. But, I mean, there is no Kareem Hunt. There is no Nick Chubb. There might be no OBJ. There might no be no Jarvis Landry. That's like the four top skill position players. People's Jones, whether you like him or not, like, like he is a playmaker. He, he's one of the only ones they have. So I think against a Denver, you know, it, it, it's a decent Denver secondary, but they're still young. They're still young at the end of the day. They're inexperienced playing with each other. Um, I mean, you got you guys know this Denver team better than anyone. So if, if you're saying that we can attack them through the air, I mean, I think let's send it. Yeah, and I just feel like they're a better team if OBJ's out. So if OBJ's out and DPJ's getting all that work, they're just going to be a better team. Well, OBJ's so toxic. I mean, he's, he's a just... the Jen and I had actually a long conversation about this last night. That um, and the gist of it was OBJ is a me 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 guy. Give me the ball. I don't care if we win or lose. Like I kind of care, but I more care about my stats. And the, that's just not a good thing for this team. It's not team. a good look. It's not a good thing in the locker room. I mean, I have always preached locker room positivity. And if you have a positive locker room, you've got that hype guy. Um, your team is just going to be better off all around. And that whole team as a whole is kind of just broken right now. So you guys seem pretty, you know, in on DPJ as, you know, the, the next big wide receiver here. I have a lot of leagues right now that I drafted RB heavy and I'm kind of like screwed at the wide receiver position right now. I'm pretty bare. Um, if someone out there, some of our listeners or viewers are struggling at that wide receiver position, like, are you, are you, do you think like DPJ could be one of the best wide receiver options that's going to be out there for the rest of the season? I yes. do. Mm-hmm. 
So would you spend a, a comfortable amount of fab if you need a wide receiver or the number one claim? Yes. I would. I would. Okay. Okay. Fair enough, Jen. I appreciate your insight there on DPJ. M- might replace OBJ down there in Cleveland. Uh, Nate, what do you got for us, man? So this one is admittedly a little bit of a dart throw, but given the running back landscape, there aren't a whole lot of other options. And I'd rather go for Rashad Penny coming off of IR this week than spend money on Dearest Johnson, honestly. Pete Carroll said this week, said today, that they're looking at Rashad Penny basically as 100%. He's coming in. He's ready to go. He's raring to go. Let's go. Obviously, Chris Carson is on IR. But also, Alex Collins got pretty banged up against Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's They're, still questionable. He's questionable. He's been limited in practice. So we're looking at possibly on Sunday, Seattle rolling out Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer. Yeah. as their three, okay? Right. And Geno Smith is their quarterback, for the foreseeable future. Cause we don't know how long Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson is going to be on IR. Geno Smith can sling the ball here and there, but with a below 60% career completion percentage, you want to limit how much he's throwing the ball because good thing. When you give Gino, you saw Seth is a Pittsburgh fan, Geno Smith fumbling the game away to Pittsburgh oh. in overtime. Thank God, yeah. And I told I told Jen, we were sitting down here watching that game, and I looked at it and I said, Geno Smith is going to F this up for Seattle. Mark my words. I thought it was going to be a pick. Turned out to be a fumble, but I wasn't wrong. Yeah. And they're going to have to run the ball if they want any chance really of winning. He still looked really good, though. He still looked really good. I know we're not talking about Geno Smith. I just want to give Geno Smith a little bit Really of good is like a stretch, Jen. He looked, he looked serviceable. Are you kidding me? He was so much better than I think anyone anticipated. He I mean, was, it was a tough defense. TJ Watt was, was all up, over him. Yeah. TJ Watt was because I was Thank wearing God. my TJ Watt jersey. Yes. That's and I had TJ Watt starting in my ladies' league. <laughs> so I just, I just, I feel like they're going to have Pete Carroll knows Pete Carroll was preaching all offseason we have to run the ball more. Well, now they're in a situation where they really, really have to run the ball more or they're not going to have a shot to beat New Orleans. There's just – because New Orleans is a better team than Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, Seth. (laughs) They have a better – they're they're a better team for the most part. If they want to win this game – That's also debatable. But we can can put that for another night, another show, but that's debatable. Or an after-show fight. Between the three of us. <laughs> New Orleans is a, New Orleans is good enough that they're going to have to run the ball. And Rashad Penny, as long as he's healthy, is probably going to be the guy who gets the rock for the most part. I agree with that. And again, given the fact that like there are no running backs left who aren't injured or on by Rashad Penny's rostered in like 2% of leagues right now. It's very low. Oh, really? That low? It's very low. So the only thing I'll say with Rashad Penny here is it's a situation you're going to have to be monitoring because I yes. believe this is the Monday night game. So it we're not probably going to know the status of – like if Alex Collins gets rolled out in the next couple of days, then then you're good. I think you can fire up Rashad Penny with like – you know, you can never have full confidence firing this guy up. You know, right, and up. that's fair. But, but you can have some confidence like – if if Alice Collins is ready to go, I think I'm a little more hesitant just because like we saw DJ Dallas do some things, you know, like he was he was serviceable in the passing game and Travis Homer, you know, he provided a spark a couple times during Pittsburgh that Pittsburgh game. So, I, Nate, are you as confident? Would you still play him if Alex Collins is available? Well, given my rosters that I have him on, yes, because I don't have a choice, okay. <laughs> which is, I think, where – and that, that's kind of my point with this is a lot of us are in a position right now where we don't have another choice, and you're looking at Rashad Penny, Dearance Johnson. If you're really lucky in a league with people who have no idea what's going on, you might be able to get a guy like Khalil Herbert, maybe. Rashad Penny is going to be an option where you can get him it's probably not going to cost you any fab. You're not going to have to use a high waiver wire priority because he's off the radar, but he's playing this week. It looks like and he's he will... rostered 13% in sleeper is what I just pulled up. Okay. 
Yeah. So super, not much. Yeah. Nate, I, I love your picks here, man. You went, you really went deep here. You went deep. Like these are all guys and Nate's sure thing. Sleepers of the week are all players. You can probably play, you know, from your waiver wire, Ramondre Stevenson, yeah. Khalif Raymond, Rashad Penny. They're out there in majority of leagues guys. Nate, I, I love those picks. Jen, she has Jacoby Myers, AJ Dillon and DPJ possibly replacing OBJ over there in Ohio. Guys, I want to round it out here with my final short thing, Sleeper of the Week. And yes, yes, you guessed it. I'm riding the revenge game narrative, baby. <laughs> David Johnson back in Arizona after being traded for DeAndre Hopkins in the second round pick two years ago. Wow, that was a crazy freaking trade. Bill O'Brien, RIP, baby. Um, guys, like, let's be honest here. We, David Johnson, he scored 1.1 points here. In week six. And I know a lot of people are probably being like, Seth, how can you recommend a guy, you know, me play a guy who just got, you know, 1.1 PPR points. There is no floor for David Johnson. He's a receiving back. So you think he would have a floor, but we don't know what's happening with the Houston Texans. The one thing we do know is that David Johnson, if you're going to play an RB, he's the one you probably want at this point. He's averaging 47% of the snaps since week two. And 47%, like that's higher than guys that we've talked about, A.J. Dillon, Kenyon Drake, um, Stevenson. So so I think, you know, he's a guy who he, he's going to be out there. Uh, other, you know, besides him, like there's Philip Lindsay right now who, I mean, poor Philip Lindsay, you guys know, you love him as a, as a Broncos fan. And right now, you know, he's only averaged over 25% of the snaps one time. And that was in week one. So it's been struggle for him. Mark Ingram right now only averaging 37% of the snaps as well. So, like, David Johnson does have the most snaps. He's running routes. He's not really getting carries, but they're down so much. You know, they need to throw. I believe they're going to need to throw against Arizona, who, once again, <laughs> is the best offense in the league going against the worst team. So, I mean, I think in a, in a week when there's not much out there, he's available in 60% of ESPN leagues. I'm going out there. I'm grabbing him, and if I need him, I'm playing him. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, if, I wish they would go to Lindsey. I don't, I don't think I have any shares of him. But like you said, as a Broncos fan, love me some Philip Lindsey. Um, but I think that's a that's a viable option for this week. Is we're all scrambling for sure. I mean, he's more viable than. Mark Ingram in that offense because of the Agreed. the passing upside, yeah. the reception yep. upside, the PPR upside. And given where we're at, like we've talked about, the whole by Mageddon, by NATO, I don't hate it. I mean, and and like you have to think, like the Texans don't have a lot to play for. Let's be honest. Like they'll probably be out of this game by the end of the first quarter. And if they get down on the goal line because of a, a PI call or just happen to get down there because of a big, big play, like what is stopping them from giving the ball to David Johnson? He's been he's been a world class citizen since he's been there. He's been you know a great member of that backfield, and you know on a real shit franchise, he's been a a small bright spot. So I think they at least owe it to him. You know they he probably much rather be on the six and zero Cardinals right now than uh, the the one and five Houston Texans. Who but, wouldn't? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Last undefeated team in the league. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. Yeah, there's still going to be the only undefeated team in the league after this week, too. Probably. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That'd be a crazy upset. Guys, it doesn't look like we have any questions coming in from the audience tonight. If you do have any questions, whether they're life-related, fantasy football-related, find us on Twitter. You guys know my handle. It's at between underscore Seth FF. Nate is at Janate Jack FF on Twitter. Jen is at Jen Polvo on Twitter. If you want to follow in between media, Guys, we got columns coming out almost every day of the week. We got content coming out seven days a week, whether it's this show, whether it's it's any of our other YouTube series that you know, our amazing YouTube series, our DFS F tailgate on on Sundays, our Sunday brunch. Guys, we are filling the slate for you. We're helping you every single day of the week. If you ever need anything, find us on Twitter, hit our DMs. We love hearing from you guys. Thank everyone so much for all the support, not just tonight, but the entire season, guys. We really could not do this without you. Nate, Jen, any final final words for our listeners and viewers tonight? Keep on trucking. Go Broncos. <laughs> Was that the lamest end ever?
<laughs> yeah, I mean, but I really need a Broncos win, like for my soul and my heart. We started out you. strong, and now <clears throat> I can't. I can't. I mean, I've got. I've got nothing. I, literally, in like three of my leagues, I'm going zero QB. So good luck to me. Is what I have. To it's say. the hot new strategy: zero QB, <laughs> zero QB <laughs> in season. <laughs> And I can't even trade. I can't even trade for anybody. So if you're in a league with me, you know how desperate I am. Come at me. Yep. Yeah. I want to yeah. real quick shout out the Fanny F- Fantasy Futurist podcast. My dude, Geek Mill, he is awesome and he mm-hmm. loves our work. And I want to say thank you for the support. You've been yeah, amazing. Absolutely. You're my dude. Thanks absolutely. for tuning in, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in all season long. We're going to be out here bringing that feel-good lifestyle advice bringing that fantasy football advice to you. We'll be back in just one week from now. Good luck during Bye NATO, everyone. We hope our short thing sleepers of the week bring you some salvation during what's going to be just an insane week of football. Keep it real, guys. Keep it in between until the next week, and we'll be back soon, everyone. Thanks for your time tonight. Bye. In between fantasy football podcasts. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related.